Star Wars Action News is brought to you in part by Brian's Toys. At Brian'sToys.com, you can find Star Wars toys and collectibles from 1977 to the present. Brian's Toys has it all, from vintage toys and action figures right up to the latest releases. And when checking out, be sure to say you were referred to Brian's Toys by Star Wars Action News. So go check out the world's largest selection of Star Wars toys at Brian'sToys.com. Listening to Star Wars Action News, your source for Star Wars collecting news, reviews, and updates, helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Be sure to check out our website at SWActionNews.com, where you can see photos of the items discussed, chat with other Star Wars Action News listeners, and much more, including information on how you can be part of the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Star Wars Action News. I'm Marjorie. I'm Arnie. Got a big show for you this week. Later on, we have Steve the Ginger Prince joining us for another UK report. And Nathan, we haven't heard from Nathan in a while. Had some packed shows and he has two more segments left of his comic retrospective. Looking back at all the Hasbro comic packs. So that's going to be coming up in just a little bit. But first... Got some store report stuff to talk to you about. As far as Hasbro figures go, nothing new has been found by me. Yeah, it's pretty dead. I keep checking Targets and Toys R Us's to see if any more of those deleted scene figures have made their way out. I keep getting reports from people over on Facebook that they're still showing up at Walmarts. And still to this day, there's some Walmarts don't have them in the system. So if you take them up to check out... They may not ring up, and you have to either take another figure with you so that they can match the skew, or they just won't sell you the figure. And it's surprising to me, because Hasbro was so big on getting the distribution problems fixed this year that right now, I'm having a hard time finding any vintage on pegs except for a couple peg warmer pod racers and Queen Amidala and... I'm hearing reports the Naboo soldier is kind of peg warming around too. He is. He plentiful at numerous stores in the area. But when I say peg warming, none of these are Masamita peg warmers or Yarna. Yarna. These are the ones that I can find at every store, but there's only two or three of them. There's not twelve or twenty-four. Yes. You know, we haven't had to count anything in a long time. I miss that. We could just count the number of vintage figures on pegs because at most stores I could do it on two One, hands. Yeah, it's, it's pretty slim. Something interesting showed up at Walmart. Now, this is really puzzling, but it's being reported that the Master Replicas, yes, Master Replicas people, third scale Han Blasters are showing up at Walmarts for $45. This was found by Barrent out in California, and he posted it on our Facebook wall on Saturday. And a lot of people reported that they were finding it, too, and some had found them around Christmas on clearance. Here, this is full MSRP. If you'd bought this when it was brand new, you would have been paying 45 for it. Right now, 45 at Walmart. On eBay, they go for 20 or so, but it's a strange thing when these items show up at Walmarts and you wonder... With inventorying and things, did they just have some that were sticking around back? Because remember for a while, they had some Code 3 items out, and they were doing a few of the scaled replicas, and with these blister-packaged items, they were trying to get them into retail before they became corgi and then became nothing. Mm-hmm. Or if these are sitting somewhere and Walmart picked them up at a closeout or something like that, much like Big Lots. I'd be less surprised if these showed up at Big Lots or Tuesday mornings, because remember all those mini sabers that showed up at Tuesday mornings back in the day. Mm-hmm. But a Walmart, that that's a strange find. It is, because Walmart typically does not get closeouts. It's very unusual, and Walmart actually is on the cutting edge of new products because people clamor to get their stuff in there. So this is really puzzling. If anybody works for Walmart or has any insight to this, definitely call I can or think emails. of at least three listeners off the top of my head that work at Walmart who will probably be emailing me this week and explaining to me the master replicas. So guys, I look forward to your emails. I really want to know this. I know from talking to people at conventions, I've gotten some grand bargains on Master Replica stuff at the end there. 
any of their final product, I'd be at cons and people had just bought them on such discounts. I got sabers and helmets and a lot of the scaled stuff for pennies on the dollar because they just had huge sales to online retailers who could afford to take hundreds of items Mm -hmm. off their hands. But this long after the fact, it's kind of shocking. Yeah, I just don't get it. Either way, don't buy it because they're much (laughs) cheaper on eBay. They are if you find them. I went and did a bit of an eBay history search and While some people are putting them up with higher buy-it-nows, even the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive ones can be found if you wait for the right auction. Now, if you're hitting stores this week, primarily if you need some either 2011 figures, of which my stores still have plenty, or Movie Heroes Wave 1, or Clone Wars 2012 Wave 1, there are some good sales this week. Toys R Us is having another buy one, get one half off all the Star Wars figures. That's a great deal. It's making me really kick myself for not holding off on some of these. But distribution last year, both Clone Wars and Vintage, was so spotty that I went ahead and, you know, Brian's toysed them. And now it's... Is that now a verb? It is a verb. You Brian's toysed them. It's like Googled it. Yes. I T-voted it. I Googled it. I Brian's toysed it. But now it's me kicking myself that I didn't wait. But you can never tell on these figures. If you want troop builders, though, this is a great way to troop build as well. But... The ad specifically said figures. I haven't gotten a chance to go to the store yet to see if this also includes vehicles. It usually is all of it. Usually it's the whole section, and you could get vehicles, battle packs. Fighter pods. I use the buy one, get one half off to stock up on fighter pods, really. It's a great way. They have the right price at buy one, get one half off. Yeah, you don't feel so bad about the crazy blind packaging, which I love, but don't make it so I have to buy 18 sets to get a full set. And then... Over in Target, if you have your Sunday Target ad and, you know, if you have any neighbors that get the newspaper and you might feel comfortable asking them, hey, do you have your Target ad? There's a half off any Star Wars item except Lego coupon in the ad. So you can go in and you don't even have to buy one to get one half off. You just get one half off, which also works online with the coupon code T is in Target, G is in Giraffe, T is in Target. J is in Jones, 7, W is in Walrus, Z is in Zebra, 5. Now, with that code and another code from Target, you can get a $10 Ultimate FX lightsaber. These are MSRP 35, and they're right now on sale at Target.com for 30. You use that coupon code I just gave you, 15. Add coupon code T is in Target, G is in Giraffe, T is in Target, Four six four J is in Jones, S is in Soda, and you get five dollars off of that. So you're down to ten dollars for an Ultimate FX lightsaber. If you have a Target Red Card, it then ships free. Okay, that's really cool. If you don't have a Target Red Card, I don't. I refuse to allow them to track my spending any more than they already do, and they do. Oh yes, Target will remind me what I haven't bought in a long time by giving me coupons for it that I promptly don't use. It's only $6 in shipping, so you're getting an Ultimate FX lightsaber for 16 shipped, far below half off. It's a great deal, and they have several in stock at Target.com. And thanks to Twitter member Fetz for the tip on that, because I went right out and bought some. Unfortunately, I didn't see the Darth Maul one, which would be the one that I'd really like to get a couple of and yeah. assemble. Superhero stuff came out with a new Star Wars shirt this week, and it's kind of retro and 70s retro, late 60s, early 70s retro. It's tie-dye, and it's the original Chaken art from the Marvel Star Wars comic. I'm not sure how I feel about it. I don't think tie-dye works with it, to be honest. I like it, but the only problem I have is the way they tie-dyed it. It looks a little bit like Wolverine's yellow and blue outfit. It does, because it's got, like, a yellow V and then blue and black stripes across the side. So it does kind of look like Wolverine, perhaps, to be more fitting for an X-Men shirt. But, I don't know, tie-dye plus that 70s retro comic art, I'm really grooving on it. I totally am. I'm, eh, about it. I did find some other shirts over at Superhero Stuff. See, it's dangerous if you get me to the t-shirt place. I have a huge t-shirt problem, and it has reached probably epic proportions right now where i've got way too many shirts and not enough space to keep them all but they had some other cute star wars ones for girls and i like the one that says just a soon kiss a wookie (laughs) 
I think that's really cute. Some of them are kind of stupid, but I don't know, maybe it's someone else's cup of tea, but I really necessarily don't need the ones that are all about the princesses or anything. Yeah, Princess Leia is super duper cool, but I really don't need to advertise a lot of it on me. You know what I mean? I think that the one of Darth Vader and the Stormtrooper and the roller coaster is absolutely perfect, though, if you're heading to Disney to ride Star Tours before Celebration in Orlando. It is a cute little shirt, and, you know, Vader, he's too stoic to enjoy the ride, but the Stormtrooper, his hands are up in the air like he just don't care. Now, speaking of online shopping, WonderCon was last weekend. Gentle Giant was out there with their exclusive Yoda with the 3D glasses on it. After getting burned with the Darth Nihilus exclusive bust that (laughs) is now cheaper elsewhere, I held off thinking... Who's going to want Yoda in silly red and blue glasses? Well, that thing sold out online. They did put it back in stock earlier this week, which I sent to the Star Wars Action News new release newsletter. If you're a subscriber to that, head to SWActionNews.com if you're not and sign up because I and the rest of the Star Wars Action News team send out alerts when items like this come back in stock. It was $60. I was able to get one. I think he's cute with his Obi-Wan Cinema's popcorn, and I think he'll look good in the theater room. He'll be all right. It's not one of my favorite pieces, but I like Yoda because he's fun. And that is sold out again, but we will send an alert if it comes back in stock again. And speaking of high-end items and shopping, this week... I finally got my replacement premium format Stormtrooper. If you remember several weeks ago, we were planning on reviewing the premium format Stormtrooper back when we were (laughs) reviewing some Gentle Giant mini bus, and I took it out and the bust was broken, and I'm like, ah, that's not so good. And then I couldn't get the thermal detonator to fit on the back of his belt. It just wouldn't go, and I didn't want to bend him. So I sent some pictures to Sideshow, and Sideshow usually has very prompt customer service. This time it took about a week or so for them to get back to me. Finally got that all straightened out, shipped it back. I just got my new one in on Thursday, and I'm like, yes, I have it, because it looked so nice last time, the polished armor. I can't wait to review it. And I opened him up, and his leg is broken off at the knee. (laughs) Aw, he's a little amputee. I could probably glue it, but really, on a $300 item, do you want something that you've glued back together yourself that you didn't break? No. No. So back to sideshow he goes. It's more fun to break it yourself because then you have the you can say I did that. And you can't even tell. It's a battle scar. Yeah. I only have one battle scarred item in my entire collection that I've. I'm flew. sorry. Oh wait, that wasn't my fault. No, that one wasn't your fault. It was mine. But you can't tell. It broke at a good place. Anything you've broken, you broke it in a bad place and had to be replaced. I'm sorry. But I'm curious. If anyone else is having problems with their premium format Stormtroopers, I know that both of the ones I received, the bases weren't in the case because I thought they hadn't sent me a base on this one. I had to go back to the box and there it was again, just wrapped up in foil. The most amusing thing is both this one and the last one had a sticker on the inside that says this has been hand inspected for your customer satisfaction, which makes me think it's not a manufacturing problem. It's a packing problem where UPS just keeps breaking them in shipment. Mm -hmm. Well, we've all seen Ace Ventura. But the boxes arrive here in pretty good shape. I'm thinking that there's something in the packaging where if they just drop the box not so gently or something, it's causing rough inside, even if it's not denting or tearing the outside shipping box at all. And sometimes it takes repeated things like this for them to amend their packaging. Sometimes it's too late because it's already made, but this is the kind of thing that you look at, reevaluate, and if you're getting X amount of packages that are damaged in shipment and the outside boxes are fine, it's time to reevaluate how you're packing things. Having bought so much from Sideshow for so long, I've never had this type of a problem before. Mm -mm. Every once in a while, something arrives damaged and they make it right, but I've never had two items in a row like this. No, this is very unusual. Now over at Brian's Toys, they've got a number of new items both in stock and for pre-order. We were talking back at Toy Fair about the Anakin Skywalker 3D Pod Racer glasses, which are good for your home 3D system if you have one. Also good to take to the movies with you. You can take it to the next five Star Wars movies. I subscribed to that Clone Wars magazine to get them, and 
I don't find a whole lot of content in the Clone Wars magazine. I think it's because you're not eight. Yeah. I, I, I got it in the mail. I looked at it. I'm like, oh, hey, your Insider magazine came. I'm like, oh, it's, it's really for kids. It's not the Insider. It's the Clone, Clone Wars, Wars Insider. magazine. Yeah, Clone Wars magazine. Well, you can get these glasses right now at Brian's Toys for $9.99, a far better value than subscribing to the Clone Wars comic magazine. And also, they come with a nice storage pouch. I think I'm going to order myself a second set so I have one to keep mint on card and one to use because I've broken out my passive 3D television glasses recently and I gotta say, I'm liking some home 3D. I'm looking forward very much to Phantom Menace on my TV because I honestly think it was a more immersive and more eye-popping 3D experience. It was better than the theater. The movie I watched was Thor, which is a post-conversion movie and it looked far, far, far better on the 3D TV than it did when we saw it in IMAX. The depth was just far more pronounced. It was, yeah, a lot more crisp, and even the DVD menu was much better. And I've heard a anything. lot of people say it's because the home TVs intentionally turn up the brightness when in 3D mode, whereas, again, a lot of times the theaters don't do that. So I am very excited for Phantom Menace 3D Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a lot better at home. Still over at Brian's Toys, if you're into the Metacom Real Action Heroes, there are three new ones up for pre-order, all Phantom Menace related. There's the second release of the Darth Maul Real Action Hero, or if you're into Silvery Protocol Droids, TC-14, and then, of course, everyone's favorite, Astromech R2-D2, who talks, but all his words are bleeped. (laughs) Poor R2-D2. He's so filthy. They've also got the Gentle Giant Jumbo R2-D2 vintage figure, which is very cool. He's not bleeped, though. No. In some online news, quite a bit of news coming out this week, if not a lot of stuff for order. First of all, Timothy Zahn has a new Star Wars book coming out. Its title was announced and its cover. It's coming out this Christmas. And if you are a fan of his fan page on Facebook, you can tell that this one's being written in record speed he's just really going through it it's called scoundrels it takes place after a new hope before empire strikes back i've heard some people calling it solos 11 (laughs) because it's han solo getting a band together to get money so he can pay jabba back the money he owes him here's the thing that has a lot of people scratching their head featured prominently on the cover is lando interesting so it's getting to be Nathan Butler said on Facebook it's getting to be kind of like my powers have doubled since we last met Count and the Clone Wars have made the last time they met about two weeks earlier. (laughs) Well, now it's, you got a lot of guts coming here after what you pulled last month. (laughs) Especially since A.C. Crispin seems to have definitively written what happened between Han and Lando and it took place quite a while before A New Hope. Well... You know, we don't know that time period. It could have been what he pulled two days ago. Apparently. Yeah, I, I, you know, you just don't know. Maybe Lando was on Ord Mandel. Maybe what he pulled was shoving Lando towards the bounty hunter they encountered on Ord Mandel. That could have been. But I always look forward to a new Zahn novel. I know a lot of people are kind of hesitant on him. I know that not everyone's been a fan of some of his later stuff. I enjoyed the past couple novels quite a bit. I don't know that many of the Star Wars books measure up to the original Heir to the Empire trilogy, which is what made Zahn the name in Star Wars he is. But anytime he comes back, it's always something to watch. So seeing him going back into the original trilogy era, I look forward to it. And Han Solo, solo novels, I always think of Brian Daly's tremendous books back from the 70s and hope that it can capture some of that fun spirit. In video games, there's a lot of information coming out about the Star Wars Connect. I am on the fence on this. I kind of can't wait, but then I think that there's going to be parts of it that are going to be so frustrating for me because I really suck at those driving and flying parts of games. I always have to have you do it, and I can't imagine it's going to be any better with me as a controller. Well, it's coming out next week. It's going to be out on April 3rd, unless it's the world's longest April Fool's Day joke and... They're actually not coming out on April 3rd. I mean, 
people are kind of rolling their eyes at some of these modes. And Marjorie, we haven't talked about this. One of them is the galactic dance-off mode. That would rock. I love Dance Central on the Connect. It's so much fun. You're dancing for Jabba the Hutt. <gasps> I would love this. And you're in competition with other Star Wars characters. Oh, I think this would be a blast. Yeah, we're getting this game, and we're calling in sick for like a week. I understand that you can customize some characters, and one of the articles I read said you could have Darth Rumal instead <gasps> of RuPaul. Oh my god, why is no one costuming is this? I'm sorry, <laughs> I need to see a Darth Rumal at Comic-Con and at Celebration. Someone needs to get on that. Seriously? You need to get on that. I don't care who you are, I need a Darth Rumal. And in the galactic dance-off mode, Star Wars characters provide the music which include tongue-in-cheek remakes of popular songs with a Star Wars theme. Yeah, you need to get that Connect hooked back up, because we're going to be playing this all the damn time. I'm bringing Astro Mac. Yeah! Well, that was embarrassing for everyone. Yes, yes it was. Okay. But you can dance in Jabba's Palace, Tatooine, Best Bent, Coruscant, and the Death Star. So people are kind of wondering, do we need a Star Wars dancing game? Yes, yes, absolutely. Why are you even asking? Then there's Rancor Rampage mode, which is what you saw people doing embarrassing videos of in the past. Is it like the old Rampage game? Here's the Amazon description. There's been an escape from the pit under Jabba's palace. A Rancor monster is loose and threatens to destroy Moss Isley. Your job is to wreak havoc. You are the Rancor. So it sounds like Rampage. It sounds a lot like Rampage, yes. You are Godzilla destroying... So basically, they're still in other games. Playing as four different Rancors, you destroy Naboo, Moss Espa, Moss Isley, and Felucia. Here's the thing about Rampage. I love Rampage. Great game. But perhaps not in connect mode where I have to pantomime climbing a building. Oh no, this is going to be the best part. There are four or five different types of rancors. Bull rancor, jungle rancor, sand rancor, tyrant rancor, and an unlockable rancor, all of which have unique abilities. And customizers, get ready to buy some extra rancors to paint up as your five different rancor styles. Now there's Duel of the Fate mode, not Duel of the Fates, Duel of the Fate, singular, and you face off against the dark side in one-on-one duels. Mm. There's the Jedi Destiny Dark Side Rising mode, where you fulfill your destiny as a Jedi as you face a threat that could undermine the very fabric of the Republic, wielding a lightsaber and mastering use of the Force in combat. So this seems to be the primary story mode. Mm. Now the mode early releases are saying is most exciting and most fun is pod racing mode. Again, I am going to suck at that. I love pod racing. I still, once we get the theater built, I'm looking at picking up one of the arcade games, Pod Racer, Racer's Revenge, a couple of the most fun games for PC or console, even if the graphics are a bit dated now. There's six races and five planets. I'm really looking forward to this, but I'm curious if the Kinect controls are going to be very fun. I would be all for just another pod racer game and, I don't know, do what, like, Mech Commander did. Sell me a $300 game and put out a specialized pod racer control for it and then put up some downloadable content that adds more race levels for me. Give me that pod racer game. I will spend 300 for the controls or make it so you just get the game for 60, 70 dollars and you can just use your analog sticks if you don't want the full. Now this is pod racing experience. But to try to do it in the connect are my arms the nacelles of the pod racer? Am I moving my hand forward and back imagining there's thrusters there? I don't know how that's going to work. But if you finish the final race, you unlock Sebulba. Hmm. I think it's going to be fun. It's not like all the fun parts, though, are other Kinect games, but that's okay. I don't care. Star Wars has a long history of that. Some of the best games are ripoffs of other games. That's true. My favorite Star Wars game of all time is probably X-Wing or TIE Fighter, which is a straight ripoff of Wing Commander. Yeah. And, you know, Force Commander was a ripoff of Command and Conquer. Galactic Battlegrounds was a ripoff of Age of Empires. Hell, even the Cantina game for the iPod Touch and iPad is Diner Dash. So, yeah, it is. That's okay, because every game is more fun when it's Star Wars. Yeah, that's true. Even Masters of Terrace Kasi, even if it's completely silly for 
Star Wars characters to engage in Mortal Kombat! It's still more fun because it's Star Wars. You okay there? I'm okay. You sure? Well, I might not be okay. I'm a little depressed this week. Why? Oh, I know why you're depressed. We went to Toy Fair, and there was a lot of cool toys shown. And you're depressed because we're not in New York anymore. I've been grappling with that, I understand. Yeah, I know, that is hard. But we walked away from no booth more excited for an innovation than we did from the Seen It booth. (gasps) It was so much fun. They had all the different screens up with all different kinds of challenges and they had some really neat things and i was playing with the guy and you were busy talking and i was having a grand time we could not wait for star wars scene it to come out especially with an online play mode downloadable content so excited for this and seen it is done and seen it they're done out of business which now i read the article interesting enough one of the guys who created it left last year because he saw the writing on the wall People are going more towards downloadable content. I mean, just us alone. Yeah, we don't really buy that many DVDs anymore. We buy some Blu-rays, and now you buy 3D. But the minute 3D is downloadable, you won't be buying it, probably. No. I mean, I'm buying Step Up 3D just because I love the 3D at home. And thank you. Now everyone knows. It's embarrassing for me enough that you own it. I'm not embarrassed. Yeah, that's a problem. You should be. But the company that makes Seen It went under, and they are... Not going to be making them anymore. I gotta say, I've never really felt the desire to buy their games. I know some of our staff and listeners have, and they have some really cool ones. We've talked about buying the Saturday Night Live one and the Seinfeld one because we love those shows, but the Star Wars one was going to be our first seen it experience. There is hope because the game is pretty much done. The article said that other people could come along and purchase the rights to distribute the game, so... Hasbro, you guys have a huge board game department, please. (laughs) It looked like a lot of fun. It might be the first scene that I would have ever bought. This is the problem with Toy Fair. About half the stuff we see never makes it to reality. No. And that was the most exciting of them. What a bummer. I feel bad, though, for anyone who, of course, lost their jobs or anything in the downsizing as well. But I really think Star Wars seen it. If the company could have just limped to that point, could have revitalized the company. Yeah, but once that's done, that's the thing. People aren't buying stuff. People don't play board games anymore. Go out on a high note, though. Yeah. Now, over at Sideshow, they've got a new life-size statue coming out. Probably going up for pre-order this week. Again, sign up to our new release newsletter if you're biting at the nail for this one. I'm a little bit perplexed. It's a very niche item. I don't understand why they're coming out with a life-size Darth Malgus. Now... Who sounds like a nasty fungus on your toenail, (laughs) doesn't it? Like, you should see commercials for Malgus on the nail and get, like, a cream for it or something. Or see it in the back of the magazines. I hope no one's eating breakfast. Hyperplexia may cause Darth Malgus. (laughs) Exactly. Aggravation, trouble sleeping, and massive vomiting. (laughs) See your doctor immediately if you develop Darth Malgus. Oh, don't forget anal itching. I'm sure he he causes anal itching. Trouble breathing. He has a respirator. (laughs) Now, I like the life-size Darth Malgus that we've seen at cons in the Old Republic displays. I think, I'm not sure if he was at San Diego. I specifically remember him being at New York Comic Con. But while the Old Republic is huge, I've been reading how World of Warcraft is losing subscribers to Star Wars The Old Republic. I own it. I still need to booted up i just have not had time i probably will never have time but it's gonna go on for years i've got years to have time i love this character in the novels i've read him in in paul kemp's book just a great character a wonderful sith lord somebody who's evil but yet deep i mean i think he's possibly the most well-written sith in those books since darth vader Mm, maybe darth plagius but I don't know that I need a life-sized Darth Malgus, especially at the cost of life-sized. It does seem very niche. I wonder if this is going to be like one of those bronze items where they make 50, because that'll probably be the amount of interest. I know that there may be some people who walk by and see the life-sized Darth Malgus and are like, I must have that. Kind of like the gentle giant monuments, like the Slave Leia monument they have in their booth. People may request it, and so they put it out in limited numbers at an exorbitant cost. Are the people requesting it the ones that are actually going to buy it? Curious. Probably. I mean, the people who 
frequent these collectors' booths know what they're asking for and what the price is probably going to be. Me, I'm still nervous, and that is the exact word I want to use, nervous, about the upcoming life-sized Han and Carbonite. So as much as I like Darth Malgus, and I really do, and I would pick him up in a premium format in a heartbeat because I think he's got a cool character design, and I would probably pick him up in one six scale. I bought the collector's edition of The Old Republic so I could have the maquette of him, but life-sized... That's an easy pass, but I really want to see the cost. If he was a crazy low cost, if he was $600, which he won't be. No, he won't be. He's probably going to be $5,000. Probably. Because their half-scale figures come in at 2000 and you don't get cheaper as you go bigger. No. Because a quarter scale is 300 a half-scale is 2000 I'm thinking five to 8000 for Darth Malgus, the life-sized. At least, at least, at least, definitely. So that is the online news. Next up, we've got the Ginger Prince. Greetings all, this is Steve the Ginger Prince, checking in with another report all the way from the UK. So... What am I finding on the pegs at the moment here in Blighty? Well, we're still stuck with a glut of toys released to coincide with the return of the Phantom Menace to the big screen, and there's no sign of the return of the Jedi wave of the vintage collection yet, so I'm going to have to wait a while to pick up my Mon Calamari Rebel Pilot, Colonel Kraken, and those fantastic deleted Sandstorm scene figures. At Forbidden Planet, I jumped at the chance to pick up the Quinlan Voz figure that I overlooked in February. He's a nice sculpt, and unusually for a Jedi, comes back in a pistol, as well as a pair of lightsabers. My one problem is that I think he's too light a skin shade. I've always pictured Master Voz as having a more Mediterranean appearance. New to the shelves in FP were a number of battle packs, including the Royal Starship droids. I really want an R2-N3 but not the other three astromechs in the pack, as I've already got them in my collection. But I'm not dropping the £30 being asked just to get a hold of one figure. I also saw the Moz Esper Arena Battle Pack, but there's no new figures in there either, and I can't justify buying it just for the pod racing flags. On close inspection, the 3PO without coverings in this pack is really shoddy. Not a patch on the 1999 version, still one of my all-time favourite 3 and 3 quarter inch figures. Forbidden Planet also made my day when I found out that they'd got the next line of wacky wobblers in. It was the lovely Suzanne that introduced me to these cute wind-up toys by buying me the first wave of 3 for Christmas. And I loved Chewbacca, Vader and the Stormtrooper so much that I hoped that there would be more made. Darth Maul has got a great angry face, but the paint job is quite poor, and they haven't really shown his robes well. The Captain Rex is well worth the 4 99 that I shelled out for him, and it's the first Clone Wars wacky wobbler. But my favourite has got to be the wind-up Boba Fett. Wobbling across my desk, he still manages to look sinister. Now, I'm not a fan of mints, but I'm glad Suzanne is, because that meant we could buy this cute little R2-D2 tin, containing a bag of astromech-shaped breath mints. 2 99 at Forbidden Planet. Toys R Us are also still laden down with the Phantom Menace toys, a lot of which I'd not seen on the shelves until my latest trip. They had the Pod Racer pack for £30. Real value is it's got five figures and a set of flags in. If you didn't pick these up on individual cards, then I suggest you snag this set. If you're after something that's not as good value, then True are also stocking some £24.99 three-figure battle packs. You've got an original trilogy pack with a strange combination of Chewie, 3PO and Han Solo. If that's not your thing, then you could pick up the Clone Wars Republic Clone Troopers pack, or the Episode 2 Geonosis Arena pack with Jango Fett, Battle Droid, and Obi-Wan Kenobi. I've not seen Anakin Skywalker's pod racer in real life before. At £32.99, for me, it's a bit pricey. Maybe if they'd have done it in a vintage-style box and put it around the £25 mark, I'd have jumped on it. If you do want a cheaper version of Little Annie's pod racer, then you can go Lego. There's a £4.99 baggie that, for me, represents much better value. Still on the Phantom Menace theme, True have made another USB. This time it's a particularly ugly Darth Maul. Arms folded and hood covering his face, you get two gigs for twelve ninety nine. Lastly at Toys R Us, I found this cool Millennium Falcon shaped rucksack that would make a great school bag for your younglings. Now the entertainer has been a bit more up to date of late and their shelves were pretty comparable to Toys R Us, but just that little bit cheaper and with a few nice money off deals. The two most eye-catching being some good little reductions on Lego sets, like these Snow Trooper and Rebel Trooper Battle Packs, £2.75 off at £8.25 each, and the half-price Attack on Hoth set. 
£19.99 for an ATST, a couple of great soft goods skirted snowtroopers, and the new ATST driver. I'm so glad Suzanne picked this up for me at this nice price rather than me paying full label price for it. Asda, though a supermarket I'd rather not venture into, is still the only place that I'm finding the Discover the Force line, and I've now been able to pick up the remaining figure that I wanted from this line, GAR3. You know, the plucky little astromech droid that helped repair Amidala's starship. It's a bit of a basic figure, all you get is the old-style 3D glasses to cut out and look at the picture on the back of the card, an astromech harness and a galactic battle game card, but it's another in-film figure to add to my collection, so I like him. Next is, well, next... And the clothing store continues to make impressive Star Wars t-shirts, and their latest line is linking a galaxy far, far away with their 2012 Olympic Games. In my last report, I talked about a 100 meters dash Star Wars tee, and this time around I was able to find a javelin-based design. Which character is in the Fatima Whitbread role? Darth Vader. And he's about to launch the spear as far as he can. Lastly... There's Waterstones, the quality bookshop. And I finally got hold of Red Harvest, the book that I've been wanting to read since listening to Brock's review. And I can't wait for my Easter holidays in a couple of weeks so I can get my read on. In the kids section, I was also able to find this Lego Episode 1 storybook, obviously produced to tie into the film release. At £5, it's a nice little purchase. Right, that'll do for me for now, and I'll hand you back to your hosts. Thank you, Steve. Next up, we have Nathan P. Butler of StarWarsFanWorks.com with the sixth of his seven-part look back at the Hasbro Comic 2-Packs. Hello, Star Wars Action News listeners. This is Nathan P. Butler of StarWarsFanWorks.com and the Star Wars Timeline Gold bringing you Expanding the Universe, your EU special report. This is a special one for me this time, and awkward as well, as we move into part six of our seven-part look at the Hasbro comic packs, those nifty little items that pair a re-released comic book tale with two action figures, or three if they're Ewoks, for an intriguing gateway drug for EU fans looking to get into figure collecting or vice versa. This time, we're looking at the remaining comic packs from 2009, which includes my own, making this an exercise in blushing, apparently as I tiptoe around while trying to do the segment justice without sounding like a self-aggrandizing or self-deprecating twit. 2009 featured 16 comic packs, 13 regular and 3 exclusives. Some of those regular packs, though, were just repacks of figures from earlier in the product line. We're left after our last segment, which focused mostly on those repacks, with 8 new 2009 packs to investigate. Let's begin this time with one of my favorites. By this point, we've seen nine different comic packs based on the old Marvel comic series that ran from 1977 through 1986. Four of them were a New Hope adaptations, two of which were reissued. One was from the Empire Strikes Back's adaptation. Two were from Between Empire and Return of the Jedi, while two came after Return of the Jedi. The post-Jedi stories were certainly the most intriguing in the Marvel series for many EU readers, especially for introducing such characters as Shira Bree, I know, I know, she was introduced between the last two films, but she became Darth Lumaya, her more intriguing incarnation, after Return of the Jedi. This is the character who reappeared in the Legacy of the Force novels beginning in 2006, 20 years after the Marvel series was cancelled. The issue chosen for this favorite comic pack was number 96, an excellent action issue entitled Duel with a Dark Lady, in which Luke battles Lumaya in a battle that eventually includes two lightsabers a regular blade, and a Shoto, which should sound familiar thanks to Ahsoka in the Clone Wars now, versus Lumaya's Light Whip. This is an issue that finally saw her mask damaged to reveal her true identity as Shira, just as the Nagai invasion fleet emerged from hyperspace to drag our alliance of free planet's heroes into the Nagai Toph War, the final climactic conflict of the Marvel series. It's an iconic image that's burned into my mind. 
Luke and Lumaya very small in the panel, with the invasion fleet emerging overhead. It's a great moment for the reader, though it kind of sucks to be the Alliance at that point. This comic pack came with Luke and Lumaya figures, appropriately enough, both with their signature weapons, the Shoto and regular lightsaber for Luke, the light whip for Lumaya, along with a second head that could be swapped out for Lumaya to give her either the masked or unmasked looks. It's a nice touch there. This is probably my all-time favorite comic pack outside of mine, and even then, it's close. This was a comic that I owned as a kid and was thrilled to later see in much better shape when I finally purchased the entire Marvel run several years ago. Fortunately, those reading the A Long Time Ago Omnibus series are having the chance to relive that fun era of Star Wars EU in recolored, more portable fashion as we speak. And yes, that does make six Lukes in the comic packs, not counting the reissue of Rebellion with Luke and Dina Shan this same year. Another EU favorite of mine has been the Legacy comic book series, as I'm sure folks are sick of hearing me gush about here and on the EU review. We've already seen two comic packs from this series, one featuring Cade Skywalker and Darth Talon, and another with Ganner Krieg and Antares Draco. This year finally brought us Legacy number 22, The Wrath of the Dragon, featuring figures of a third, and female, but less interesting, Imperial Knight Sigil Dare, and the series' ultimate Sith Mamma Darth Crate in a long-awaited figure. Bear in mind, though, that we've technically already seen Crate in his pre-Sith form as Asherod Het in a pack back in 2007's inaugural line of comic packs. From the farthest future tales of Star Wars, those of Legacy, we leap back to some of the earliest Star Wars stories with Tales of the Jedi. Another great comic pack came in the form of Tales of the Jedi, Dark Lords of the Sith, number 6, the issue that finally dubbed Exar Kun and Ulit Keldroma as the two new Dark Lords and set up the ensuing Sith War. This pack featured both characters, which finally gave action figure form to Exar Kun and his double-bladed lightsaber, or two sabers that connected together, technically, which he debuted about half a decade prior to the release of The Phantom Menace and Darth Maul's similar, but inseparable weapon. Well, inseparable until Obi-Wan slashes the sucker in half. As for the remaining packs of 2009, three of them featured troopers of some kind. We dipped back into the original Russ Manning newspaper strips that were then collected to form classic Star Wars The Early Adventures by Dark Horse for the first issue of that series, the story Gambler's World Part 1. This was an odd one, because it featured three figures, much like the Ewoks I detailed in our last segment. The pack featured an ITO interrogation droid, a black stormtrooper in the form loyal to the mysterious character Black Hole, along with Black Hole himself in hologram form. We later saw Black Hole revealed to be a prophet of the dark side named Kronal, and he eventually became the primary villain in Matthew Stower's well-received novel Luke Skywalker and the Shadows of Mindor. The second trooper pack was all trooper, and somewhat dull for EU fans. The pack featured two Kashyyyk camo troopers, Clone Trooper and Clone Commander. Very original. From the comic Republic number 83, part of The Hidden Enemy, the same story that pit Quinlan Voss against troopers during Order 66, which we saw with a comic pack of Quinlan Voss and Commander Fi in 2008. The trooper in the third of these trooper-tied packs was another clone trooper. The comic Routine Valor was unusual, because it's not a mainstream Star Wars comic. The issue was released for Free Comic Book Day in 2006, and then it was collected into the Star Wars Fan Club Special in 2008. Despite its obscure nature, though, the comic emerged as a pack this year alongside another pair of generic clones, Clone Trooper Lieutenant and Clone Trooper. Be still my heart. Another pack this year came from Republic, this one featuring issue 65, Show of Force Part 1. This pack was a bit more interesting, featuring Quinlan Voss's former Jedi Master, Master Thulm, and his quasi-love interest and fellow Jedi, who would survive into the Legacy era, Tra-Sa. Both were kind of freaky-looking. Thulm has his facial scar, and Tra-Sa, well, she's a netty, kind of a living tree creature. Like I said, creepy. That leaves just one in 2009 based on the Star Wars Tales number 21 short story, Equals and Opposites, by your humble correspondent and artist James Rays. Just like with the story Honor Bound from Tales number 22 in 2007, the comic itself reprinted only my single story, 
rather than including the other two in the original issue. That makes sense, given that those original issues were oversized quarterlies rather than monthly issues that would have been smaller. This pack included two figures, Kyle Katarn and a Yuzhan Vong warrior. This was Kyle's second figure, after quite a bit of new demand, and it was the first Yuzhan Vong figure ever. It was the opportunity to create such demanded figures, not something spectacular on my end, that prompted Hasbro to make the pack. Just as the return of Kyle and a chance to use the new Jedi Order era was what prompted Jeremy Barlow and I to go with the pairing in my original Tales pitch. If you're curious, the writer or artist of a comic found in a comic pack has little to no communication with the comic pack team. Once we create the original comic, it's part of the comic library, which is drawn from via Hasbro and the publisher, without direct input from the creative team whatsoever. Heck, I had to order my own packs online for family, friends, and contests, and it took me finding one on eBay to finally get my hands on one. For those interested, I posted my original unboxing of the Tales 21 comic pack on the Facebook page for the Star Wars Review podcast that I co-host with Andrew Loopy, inspired by this segment entitled The EU Review. Just look it up, you'll find it under videos. This leaves us with only one more year of comic packs, 2010 which featured packs released only as exclusives in one form or another. Be sure to check out the final segment in this series as 2010 wraps us up. Now, back to Arnie and Marjorie. Thank you, Nathan. We have one last bit of Star Wars collecting news this week. Yeah, we do. Congrats, marketing geniuses. <laughs> I usually don't fall victim to any kind of marketing whatsoever. Uh, sure. I don't. Although if you give me an exclusive box and it's really cool, possibly. Well, about a year and two months after the beginning of a marketing crossover that was cute but makes no sense. Correct. I mean, when I think of Star Wars, I don't think of Volkswagens. Neither do I. Not at all. But Marjorie has been looking for a new car. Yes. Replacing her out-of-warranty Hummer. Beloved Hummer. Trying to get something more economical with the price of gas going up. Yeah, it's getting to be a little expensive to fill the beast. But still wanting something with good cargo storage? Well, not necessarily cargo storage. It's got to look cute. But you want something that could carry quite a bit. Well, I have to be able to carry all your toys home. Yeah, yeah good for cons. Exactly, because your new car is not good for cons. No, no, the pony is not. But I didn't realize when you were taking me to see the Passat that you were taking me to see the Star Wars car. No, you didn't, did you? It wasn't until you posted it on Facebook that all of a sudden it hit me that little boy starting the car using the Force is Marjorie. Yeah, uh, it was a Volkswagen Passat in that commercial. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's the one I'm getting. And you're probably even getting it in black. Yeah, probably. Most and likely. You're probably yeah. getting it by the time the show comes out. Yep, probably I'll most likely have it by the time you guys have downloaded this. So, thank you, Volkswagen's PR firm. Because it worked. It's a nice little car. I'm not going to say is. it's not. It is a very nice car. I really like it. It's got some really cool electronics in it and everything. And I don't know why the facade stuck in my head, but I know now why. It's got Bluetooth. Yeah. Got iPod dock. But it you would, can listen to all of our podcasts. It probably wouldn't have been in my head had it not been in that commercial. Because you don't see many of them around, at least here. No. And you got a great deal. Well, it's because I'm cheap. It's because your have, husband's cheaper. I, uh, that's true. And I have a good negotiator. So yes, it took a year for it to fully sink in, and I can't count the number of times we've seen that commercial since. I just watched it again, and that little boy is so freaking cute. With his hand gestures. I don't know what he looks like underneath, but... I he was a, on the Today Show, you know, a year I want ago. a little tiny Darth Vader now. We have the Lego one. Does that count? No, but he doesn't try to go start my car. I want one that's going to try to start my car. But yes, if you see us at C2E2, you may see us in a new Sithy vehicle. Yeah. You might. A little disappointed in C2E2. The panels came out. Not a whole lot of Star Wars. Hardly any Star Wars. Anthony Daniels is going to be there if you need his autograph. He's fun if he gives a panel. He's fun to listen to talk. He's very... He thinks he's the most important man in the world, and that's great, and it's awesome to watch him. He knows he's Star Wars. He made Celebration 2 for us as MC. He did, and I really wonder if he remembers the stampede on the Skywalk onto the convention center from the parking garage. Because he calmed down the crowd... But as soon as he left, we overtook the guard. 
He is doing a Q&A on Saturday at 2.30 to 3.30, plus he has a lot of signings at Autograph Table 8, all day Sunday, 10 to 5, and all day Saturday, 10 to 7. Now, I will say his panels are fun because he is a wonderful speaker, but he's not as much fun as Billy Dee Williams because you got to mess with Billy Dee, and he has no idea, and it's so much fun. So that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with a brand new show and maybe a stormtrooper without a leg broken. We can hope. I wonder if the stormtrooper didn't pay off his gambling debts. <gasps> maybe that's what happens. He's into Java for and a lot of money. The knee breakers came. As I understand it, this March Madness thing really didn't work out for a number of people. So perhaps he made some bad bets. You pay up or we come back for the next one. Talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. You can find even more Star Wars coverage at our sister podcast, Republic Forces Radio Network, where we review each episode of the Clone Wars cartoon series. You can find that show at republicforces.com. If you're into Star Wars novels, check out the Star Wars Action News book club, where we read and review all the Star Wars novels. That podcast is at swactionnews.com. We want your feedback and suggestions for Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at swactionnews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at swactionnews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can be on Star Wars Action News by calling our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at swactionnews.com. All materials submitted become the property of Star Wars Action News and are subject to use on our show. You can help support Star Wars Action News by using the affiliate links on our homepage when shopping online. We would also appreciate it if you spread the word about Star Wars Action News by posting about us on Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, or just tell a friend about the show. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, and you can also cast a vote for us each month at Podcast Alley. Links to both can be found on our homepage at SWActionNews.com. For more Star Wars collecting, please visit YakFace.com and JediTempleArchives.com, and we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. The Star Wars Action News team is website designed by Jason, associate produced and announcements by Brock, reporters Jerry, Dan, Steve, and Justin, graphic design by Chris, and podcast enhancement by Barrett. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all the Star Wars universe contains is trademarked and copyright Lucasfilm Limited, all rights reserved. Until next time, may the pegs be stocked and the Force be with you. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. Star Wars Action News is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2012, all rights reserved.